Praise God. Here, just before you start, can I just give a word about uh, yes, instruction please do. here? That whenever uh, there's a prophecy that comes forth like that, listen carefully. That's God speaking through, that's the perfect God speaking through an imperfect vessel, delivering to you a message that you can apply to your life. It's just like, it's, it's the rhema word right now. It's for you. And it may be for five or ten people. It may be just for one. But anyhow, it's God speaking to you and, and through me and through whoever is giving the prophecy. But just recognize that prophecy will build up the church. And you've got to, with prophecy, we get, it edifies everybody. So just say, you may not need that word today, but you may need it tomorrow. So you claim that word. Curtis. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I've been studying a lot. On love and what love means and how to obtain love and how to share love. And the more that I've been looking, the more I've been searching, the harder I've seen it seems to be a, to obtain or to get a grasp of. It's so complex, but yet then again, it's so simple. But it's just, just so many, you know, you've heard the phrase, you know, like an onion. There's just so many layers to it. But that song, that last song, that the veil go down. And the praise go up. You know, if we would just, the veil is down. Jesus tore it from top to bottom. He split it wide open. The veil is down. That is love. If we would get a hold of that and bask in that and just soak in that and quit putting walls up. We spend so much time putting walls around us and barriers up because love hurts. Sometimes love hurts. I think I'm sure every one of us in here has been stung by love somehow in some relationship. Whether it be in a, a man and woman relationship, whether it, whether it be in a father and son, a parent and child relationship, a friendship, just a regular plain old friendship. Every one of us has been stung by love somehow. So we start building up walls. And we really don't even realize that we're putting those walls up around us to shut everything out. But if we would realize that he tore the veil and he opened it wide open and we are now able to be forever in the presence. It says, let the praise go up because we are in his presence. His presence is here. His presence is forever in your life. If you let those walls stay down and hang on to that promise and hang on to that truth that the veil has been torn. That is one of my I guess the most, you know how to say it, the most favorite things about the Bible is that that veil is gone. You know, in the Old Testaments, you know, you had to go through so much systematic stuff to get to the presence of God. You had to go through others before you could get there. But what Jesus done for us, the true love, unconditional love that he gave for us, it tore down all those barriers. That veil that was separated us between him and us and God is not there any longer. It's probably my favorite truth about the Bible. There is nothing restricting me to get to my Savior. There is no restriction between me and the everlasting love. I'm the only restriction. The veil is no longer a factor. One of the reasons I think 
love can seem so, so complicated. It's hard to define love. If you just try to come up with your own definition of love, it's a, it's a hard one to answer. One of the reasons is there's several different types of love. The Bible talks about four specific that we'll kind of go through those today. There's an eros love, which is a, it's a sexual or passionate love that's you know, found between a man and a woman. There's a philia love, that's a friendship love, where it's a brotherly love. There's a storge, that's familiar, like family, like you'd have with a, a parent and a child. And there's the highest form of love. That's agape. That's the love of God has for us. That's the type of love that tore the veil. And that's also the love that we have for God. That is agape love. That's a love that some refer to as a charity love because it gives without any expectations. It gives without any limits. No strings attached. It's a love that requires no response. I think that's the reason a lot of times we suffer with love because we don't get the response that we expect. We put expectations on it. All these are great levels of love. We, we need all of them. We want all of them in our life. But we've got to remember that without agape love and all of those, without that as a foundation, all those loves can be bad. They can turn bad. How many has ever had bad fruit in your life? That's why that love has hurt us at times is because it wasn't in a foundation that's based on the love that we sung about this morning. It wasn't based on the love that God gave for us. You can have an eros love, an intimate, passionate love for somebody, but if it's without the foundation of agape, that's bad. It's going to leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth. The Bible is full of eros love, but it lays out specific foundations in 1 Corinthians 7. We're not going to go through them this morning, but it lays down without matter of a doubt that that eros love, to contain it, it's got some... I'm going to say boundaries, even though I'm going to say love doesn't have boundaries, but for that Eros love to be agape love and to have a foundation of God's love is to be between husband and wife for that intimate, passionate love that Eros means. And it talks about that throughout the Bible, especially in 1 Corinthians 7, it does. But I really like the way it says it in Hebrews 13, 14. I'm reading out of the message version. It says, honor marriage. And guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between wife and husband. God draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex. So Eros love, without a foundation of God, love, it's going to turn bad. It's going to turn sour. It's going to hurt. But if we have those type of relationships and God is the glue in them, God is the foundation. How many, you know, many have seen the love triangle that's got the husband and the wife at the bottom and God at the top? The closer you go to God, the closer you go to together, that is the footprint, that is the map for that Eros love with an agape foundation, with a true love behind it. But if you leave out God out of that equation, it's going to go bad.
any of those relationships. The uh, philia, the friendship, Romans twelve nine through twenty one. I'll read that real quick. says, love from the center of who you are. The center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerful and expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. God says, I'll do the judging. I'll take care of it. Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. That goes against our natural grain. That's why we struggle with love sometimes so much, even on a friendship level. It's hard to play second fiddle. No matter what kind of relationship it is, it's hard to play second fiddle. But it was laid out before us. That's exactly what God did for us. He sent his son down to take our place. That congregation is second fiddle. To open up the door, to open up the gateway for us to walk in his everlasting love. That's the love that we are to receive and to pass along. A couple of weeks ago we talked about bearing fruit. We're called to bear fruit. And that is receiving and accepting and acknowledging that that's what Jesus Christ did for you so you have that fruit. Don't let it spoil. Don't hang on to it. Don't leave it on the counter until it goes bad. Partake of it. Share it. Give it to somebody else. Pass it on. That store J love that we talked about, it's like a parent and child. You can see that modeled throughout the Bible is uh, knowing his wife for their kids, the love that Jacob had for his sons, the love that Mary and Martha had for their brother, brother Lazarus. All of those need that agape love, that John 3, 16, 17 love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we should have everlasting life. He didn't come to condemn the world, but through him to save the world. If we try to love like that without expecting anything in return, no holds barred, just stepping out and loving regardless of the response. 
Romans 5, 8, even when we were still sinners, he loved us. You've got relationships right now that you know something bad's going to happen. Sometimes they're wrong because they're human. They're going to let us down. Love anyway. Love anyway. That's where we're going this morning. Love anyway. That's going to be, it's hard. But I want to ask you this morning to love anyway. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the outcome, regardless of the response, love anyway. God loved us with no limits, no expectations. The choice is ours to accept that or not. The choice is ours to receive that or not. The choice is ours to live in that or not. First John 4.10 says, my beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God. Because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done in our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us, and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in him, and he in us. He's given us a life from his life, from his very own spirit. Also, we've seen ourselves and continue to state openly that the Father sent His Son as Savior of the world. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's Son participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. We know it so well. We've embraced it. Heart and soul, this love that comes from God. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how Jesus abides in God and God abides in Jesus. And Jesus left that footnote that he wants us to abide in him. He's replaying that out again here. The way love has, <clears throat> this way love has run out of the house, becomes a home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love or perfect love cast out fear. Since fear is crippling a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is not yet fully formed in love. We, though, are not going to love, love and be loved. First we were loved, now we love. He loved us first. If anyone, lo- if anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on heading his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, How can he love the God he can't see? The commandment we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got 
to love both. We've got to love others unconditionally, just the way that he loved us. Every time that we start building up those walls and we run into those struggles, we get bit by love, we get stung for it, remember, he loved you anyway. So what are you to do? Love anyway. Love anyway. You get knocked down, his love's going to catch you. His love's going to catch you. There's so many ways that we can be hurt by love. Through relationships, through spouses, through loss of loved ones. It was hurt. But when we rely on God's love that never, ever fails, then we're going to be all right. Our love is going to fail. We are human. But love anyway. Get back up. Love is the foundation for all the other fruits. Love, joy, kindness, peace, goodness. We're going to see as we go throughout, love is going to be the foundation of all of those. That's why love is listed first in that list. You got to get a hold of love. You got to get the grasp on love if you want to experience those others. Not that it's an expectation or a limit, but it is. It can be a stepping stone into something more. First Corinthians thirteen four in the New King James. Brody, can you bring that up? First Corinthians thirteen four. Anyway, it says, Love suffers long. Love is kind. It spells it out in First Corinthians thirteen. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Next verse. Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks. It sounds a lot like all the fruits of the Spirit listed right there, don't it? But they're all hinged off of love. God defines love as not built on a foundation of self, but rather self-sacrifice. Agape love has to be our source. If we let Eros or any of these other loves become our source instead of the product of our love, then it goes bad, can go bad. Even in uh, that parent-child relationship, you can put that love so strong and so far as you put it before God that it doesn't work out. One of the characteristics of love is letting go. And that's one of the hardest things to do with our kids is to let go. But if we try to hold them down and hold them tight, too tight, then that's breaking that, that agape form of, of love. That's putting a boundary on it. So even that such intimate love and familiar love between a parent and a child can be bad without a foundation of agape love. Love isn't selfish. 
Love is being driven by the abundance that we already contain versus being driven by the lack that we don't have. Love is being driven by the abundance that you already contain versus letting what you don't have drive you. Because if you're chasing after stuff that you don't have and you're just putting by the wayside of what you have, you're not showing it true love. Love in the moment. Love what you have right then. Let that drive you. Give everything you got to what you have and God will keep on giving and pour on more and more. Love is a choice, not a feeling. Love is a truth, not an emotion. Feelings and emotion can be manipulated, but true love in action cannot be manipulated. True love in action cannot be manipulated. I'm going to go through a few characteristics of love that I found in a, a magazine article. I know all you guys that were here Sunday, all this is kind of familiar with you already, but Love means saying goodbye to expectations. Love doesn't play the victim role or blame others. How many's ever, I'm a big powder, ragged. I try to blame and come on and say it's somebody else's fault. That's not love. That's not love when you try to turn everything around and put the blame and put the shift on somebody else. That's not true love. Love has no room for jealousy. Love is the absence of fear. Love is an action, not just a feeling. Humans tend to be addicted to intense emotion, especially when it feels good. So when we're in love, we want to feel that way forever. But guess what? That higher than cloud nine feeling goes away after a while. It doesn't mean that you don't love the person anymore. Or that they don't love you anymore. It just means the new can wore off a little bit. Show the person you love them. Don't just assume that they know. Love is unconditional. The word unconditional means that there are no expectations or limitations set. We having our little group Sunday. We was talking about love is unconditional. Brody, we bring up that picture of the little kids. Somebody mentioned how when we're little kids, you know, that's the best example of love without conditions. Unconditional love. They don't know the difference. There's no expectations, no limits on the love between those two babies right there. It's it's kind of funny that that was either that night or the next day that I seen that on another member of our congregation's Facebook post. Thanks, God, you know, for putting it all together for us. But somewhere along the way, and it takes a very short time, that that gets distorted. We do start putting out limits. We do start getting expectations on our love. We only love so far, or we only love from so close. We only love through certain backgrounds. Where does that come from? And Pastor was talking about a couple weeks ago, I think it was in Doubting Nothing Part 2, Pastor was talking about there's a difference between being children of God and being sons and daughters of God. If you'll turn with me to Matthew 
5, verse 44. You got that, Brody? Matthew 5, verse 44. I think I want to read that out of the New King James. It says, But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Next verse. That. Everybody say that. You may be sons of your Father in heaven. Love your neighbor. Love those who persecute you. Love the unlovable. Do the unthinkable. That. Not that it's a condition, but it's a there's more. You can, you can love. I know we can accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and I think we have a place in heaven. But there's a difference when we love like that, but when we love with no boundaries and we love with no conditions, I think there's a graduation. That we may be not just children of God but sons and daughters of God. When we make that, that, that adjustment in our attitude, when we love from one level and we turn it to another level of unconditional love, I think that's a one criteria for a graduating moment to go from just children of God to sons and daughters of God. All access, all blessings included. Love means putting other people's needs equal to or before your own. There's that second fiddle thing again. That one's so hard. While people may be inherently selfish for survival purposes, this does not serve us well in our relationships. We've got to put our own needs aside. Love understands and accepts differences. There are so many differences In any given relationship, there's barriers. We're going through a a class right now with our group. I like the way it lays it out. It lists four specific barriers, and it's talking about you know in a marriage, but they're in any relationship. Says there's a spiritual barrier that includes sin, shame, and selfishness. There's a psychological barrier. That's personality differences like an introvert or an extrovert. Those are two distinct differences that can be in a relationship. The answer to that is understanding those personality differences. There's gender barriers, male and female differences. We're wired differently. That's all there is to it. We think different, we act different. Men and women are wired different. So there's a barrier if there's a, any kind of relationship between, involving a man or a woman. The answer to, is appreciation. You've got to appreciate those differences. Historical barriers, we all have a past. We all have baggage that we bring on board in any relationship. We're all raised different. So when you take just those four differences alone, it's a wonder how any relationship can go anywhere. It's no wonder that we fight over pictures on the wall or, or just where we're we eating for dinner. Guys, you know better than ask your wife that question because you're not going to get it right. There's going to be differences. 
But when you can understand those differences and accept those differences, that's where true love can be found. There's so many differences. Take these pictures, for instance. I bought these a couple months ago. There's a lot of different ones. And I had them all lined up along the front, real pretty and neat, and I liked them. I come in the next day, and they were all hung up on the columns. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> Pastor said, nobody could read them from down there. So, all right. <laughs> they, did, they looked good on the columns, so I liked it. A couple of weeks ago, right when we started this, I had these two loved ones. I had them right down here on the front. I don't like that. I know you may not be able to read it at any point in time in the service, back or in the back. But when you come in, when you're, you're going to be able to read that. But I thought it looked good. It was kind of subtle. But I come in the next day. <laughs> There's a better ideal. <laughs> I love, that's my pastor. I love those differences. I've learned that he and I have a lot in common. We're a lot alike. But those are those differences that I really appreciate. In any relationship, when you learn to appreciate those differences, and you can build off one or the other and reflect off of one or the other, instead of staying on the one level, when you appreciate the differences and climb off of them, there's no end to where we can go. There's no end to where love can go if you don't try to restrict it in a relationship. If you'll appreciate the differences, no matter what they are, how little they are, how crazy they may seem, Build on them, appreciate them, respect them. Those differences are what make him him and me me. Really, I mean, look at if if you're married right now and your spouse is with you, look at your spouse real, real close right now. Can you imagine if they were just like you? What kind of mess you'd be in? Those differences are there for a reason. And one of the guys showed me this just a week or so ago. One of the, the best ways to look at that is a, it's like a puzzle piece. They're all different, but they all go together just perfect because of their differences. And that's the way we are in our relationships. Don't let those differences and barriers hinder the love that you have in your relationship. Love varies in how it is expressed and accepted. What makes us feel love varies, and how that we show love varies. And the best way, I've um, been a long time since so I went through the whole, whole class, but how many has ever read or been through the course, uh, the five love languages? Quite a few that hasn't, so that's good. It really breaks it down, and it's really complicated for us guys in any kind of relationship. Love requires thought. And a lot of times we're not deep thinkers. So we, we struggle with, with relationships. But that's what love is, is attention to the details. And any relationship is taking time to play second fiddle. Sitting yourself aside and learning what makes the other tick in any relationship. Um, let's bring up uh, any of those pictures, Brody, of this. Receiving gifts is a love language. Some people, that's how they respond. 
Some people apparently really like gifts. Um, um, what's some other ones? Quality time together. Physical touch. Words of affirmation. And acts of service. Those are five great examples or five love languages that a lot of times that's what we respond to. But where we usually hit in barriers in our relationships is we automatically tend to try to show love the way that we like to receive love. That's not the case. But when we turn, when we, there's, in, there's a copy of this out there on the table if, you've, if you want to do it. It's, I encourage especially um, couples to take this little quiz and find out what each other's love languages is and you'll be amazed how much you understand some of the differences just by taking that little quiz and know what they like. Um, if you've took it before, it's been a while, I encourage you to take it anyway. We uh, married somebody last year and uh, had Ginger come in and help me with uh, talking to the couple before the wedding. And we retook that with them and mine had changed a little bit. Not the main one, but it did change a little bit. But if you learn how, and this works on every level, it works with parents. And kids, it works with just friendly relationships. If you learn what they love, then you can obviously show love better. Love has empathy. Empathy is, empathy is the ability to put yourself into another person's shoes and see a situation from his or her point of view. Love has deep empathy. When you hurt, I hurt. People who truly love one another don't want to hurt them. And that can go back to that one where... Love doesn't pout. You know, love doesn't blame others. You know, if you're in a relationship and they truly love you, they're not going to be trying to hurt you. So don't quit trying to put the blame on them and, and take it personally. We all have bad days. I'll share these lyrics with you and I'll close out. It's a song that says, Love Me Anyway. The question was raised as my conscience fell. A silly little lie, it didn't mean much, but it lingers still in the corners of my mind. Still you call me to walk on the edge of this world, to spread my dreams and fly. But the future's so far, my heart is so frail, I think I'd rather stay inside. But you love me anyway. It's like nothing in life that I've ever known Yes, you love me anyway. Oh, Lord, how you love me. It took more than my strength to simply be still, to seek but to never find. The reasons we change, the reasons that we doubt, the reasons that we ask, why do loved ones have to die? But you love me anyway. It's like nothing in life that I've ever known. Yes, you love me anyway. Oh, Lord. How you love me. I'm the thorn in your crown, but you love me anyway. I'm the sweat from your brow, but you love me anyway. I'm the nail on your wrist. I'm Judas's kiss, but you love me anyway. See, now I'm the man that yelled out from the crowd for your blood to be spilled on this earth-shaking ground. Yes, then I turned away with a smile on my face. With the sin of my heart, I tried to bury your grace. And then alone in the night, I still call out for you. So ashamed of my life, but you love me anyway. 
Oh God, how you love me. It's nothing in life like I've ever known. Yes. You love me anyway. I know you've got, we've all got fears in our life, we've all got doubts in our life, we've all got questions in our life. But I'm asking you to love anyway. It's scary, it hurts, but I'm asking you to love anyway. When it gets tough, think about the way he loved you. That's exactly what he did. He loved anyway. 1 Corinthians 14.1 in the Baptist Bible says, Go after a life of love as if your life depends on it. Because it does. Your life depends on a love from God. And that's a love that you're called to mimic. It's a love that you're called to share. So go after love, life like a love. Like your life depends on it. Don't worry if there's a net to catch you love anyway. Don't worry if they're going to reject you love anyway. Don't worry if you don't get the response you want, love anyway. Because that's the way he loved you. We're still, every day, in one way or another, we're still the thorn in his crown. We're still the mocker out in the crowd. And he still loves us anyway. With no limits, no expectations, no walls, no boundaries. Love anyway. Love with the love that you are loved. Know, regardless of your feelings and your emotions, that you are loved. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that when those doubts rise up, when those questions rise up, when we're scared to love like you love, Father, Lord, I pray that we will rely on your perfect love because your perfect love cast out all fear. It cast out all doubt. Your love prevails. Your love changes, Lord. When we love like you love, it changes things. Lord, I pray that we will all just make the choice to love anyway. No matter how hard it may seem. I know this has not been a probably one of the easiest messages to set to kind of Lord, I pray if anybody gets anything, no, they will remember that love. Anyway, let that stick in our hearts, Lord. Let it stick in our minds. Regardless of what we're going through, let us love anyway. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, no, that's going to be coming a lot now. Just uh, 